Welcome to Cutting Edge Web Content Development, the podcast where we delve into the world of CMS systems and their crucial role in website and web content development. In each episode, we'll explore the reasons why founders, CEOs, CTOs, and CMOs of web content development companies need CMS systems to thrive in the digital landscape. Get ready to uncover the secrets behind successful website management, content creation, and seamless user experiences. Here's your host, Jonathan Ames. Joining me today is David Wickstead of Wicko Design. And David and I are going to talk a little bit about web development and its integration with e-commerce. David, can you just tell us how your career journey has shaped your views on content and technology? Well, obviously, I've been doing this for quite some time now, teaching myself programming at the age of 14, which was quite a few years ago now. Yes. As I've actually seen technology has developed from literally DTP and in the graphic design world, and then much more now into web design. And as far as, you know, the kind of projects that you work on, what does a typical project look like? Well, I probably, I like to work on a lot of e-commerce websites, and they can be varying in sizes, from a small micro to some quite larger corporates. And when you're working on those, you act as a creative director, so you're kind of in charge of content, but also you're working with the technology side and your background with programming helps with that, correct? Yeah, I mean, literally, I would work on everything from the ground up. So classically, people come to me and just say, we need to get a, a website. We want to get our products up on there. That's great. So I handle everything from the build, putting all the programming structure in there, getting the product details and tech, everything together, along with integration into fulfillment, et cetera, et cetera. Moving on. Yeah. Doesn't yes. E-commerce is an amazingly complex version of a website. Typically, websites act as kind of an online brochure, maybe an online video even. But with an e-commerce site, besides that side of things, you have this whole sales process. It has to be really, really tightly programmed so that you don't lose people along the checkout and so that you make sure there's not any way for security to be broken or for the ball to be dropped in fulfillment. So. As far as your experience there, uh, what's a typical site planning process? When you're building out a site, do you break it into pieces or do you just look at it as a whole? It all depends on the project really itself as a whole and budget constraints. I mean, quite often you start with a very small site, we literally a handful of products and we just need to get them up there as quickly as possible. So just pull in a simple base themes template if you can, put in your e-commerce platform and then start populating it. I mean, that's the basics, really. Excellent. Well, let's talk about strategy then. So you mentioned before that you feel like social influence uh, or social media has had an influence on e-commerce. Can you talk about that? Well, uh, yeah, 100%. Social media, everything that can drive customers to your website has an influence. So people are seeing who you are, your brand, your products, whatever you do, ever out on social media, they may be able to buy them on social media. But generally, it will drive them back to the website. So all of every area of social media, be it as simple as your Facebook or your LinkedIn to your TikToks, Instagram, they are all supporting, driving and building awareness for, of your website and your brand. Yeah. The first year, first time I saw that was a few years back. 
my wife and I actually had a business where we drove 100% of our sales. It was an e-commerce business. 100% of our sales through social media. And people would actually buy right on Facebook Lives. And that was back in like 2016. Now, I was really surprised when that happened because I didn't think people would actually buy in a social media setting. But then when I saw it, I was like, wow, I wonder if there's going to be a change where people shift their buying habits to online. Now, that worked well because it was focused on women and women like to buy together. And so they'd bring in other women and there'd be this huge group and they'd be auctioning, basically bidding on various products to buy it. Do you see maybe TikTok or some other platform becoming a major place where people buy in the future? Or do you think it'll always stay on e-commerce websites? Well, I think that it depends how you look at it, really. I mean, if you think of an e-commerce website as your base, you're actually using this e-commerce website to populate out to all these social media areas. So you're not just, it's not just putting your products up on social media and then putting up products on this social media and one over here and one over there. You don't. You put it in one place and you use that as your base to spray out onto other selling platforms. And it's not just social media. You can put it into, obviously, the, your Ebays, your, your Amazons, all of these other selling platforms as well. So definitely, you should use your e-commerce website as the main central base platform to build up your product data. All right. Excellent. I love that idea of keeping... Your e-commerce website is the base, but using it as a way to populate content out to other places. So what are the trends have you seen in e-commerce over the past few years that you think are significant? Oh, see, more and more people are using things like social media and your Instagrams to drive traffic into the site. One of the things I've seen a a lot of companies doing now is actually integrating their e-commerce websites into other platforms. So, you know, they are selling on if not all of their products, some of their products through eBay, through Amazon or OneBuy, a lot of these other platforms. So I do see that that's uh, improving. I've noticed that SMS as a way of communicating has actually increased and other other forms of communication, obviously chat chat on your site. Most sites now have a, a chat option and obviously AI is now influencing that heavily. So you can actually communicate with people with no one ever being there. So all of the, the, the constantly, one thing about e-commerce, it's always changing. And like anything on the web, it's not just a piece of flat printed paper and that's it. It should always evolve and that's yeah. what it is. The SMS part is interesting. A few years ago, I saw Podia for the first time and Podia kind of did something different where they allowed you to take your live chat and basically put it right onto SMS so that when somebody chatted with you on a website, maybe they had a question, in a typical live chat, you would lose that conversation if they just dropped off for whatever reason. But with something like Podia, immediately that was tied to their phone number, their cell phone. And so you could continue that chat. They could initiate a continuation or you could after the live chat call on the website because it was all tied to a cell phone number. And so it would just look to the customer like an ongoing conversation. It's a really interesting way of SMS. Have you seen ways to integrate SMS with actual e-commerce purchases? I've been working with ways to SMS, WhatsApp chat, emails, or just general chat. And like you say, all coming into one place. And it's just one long communication that, and just manages it all in one place. So you can communicate by SMS and then continue with email. 
and then go back to WhatsApp. So you have the ability to switch in on that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's there all, on all the time. On an e-commerce website, there's always, people want to know information. The, the people are always going to want a bit of technical information. So you can ask that question maybe through a chat engine and it will actually reply it. If they're, you know, rather than you maybe searching through all of the screens and everywhere trying to find a solution, it will actually reply to you. And that, that is improving the speed at which people are getting results, really, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular project or website, e-commerce website, where you've seen this done well, integrating these social or SMS channels into their e-commerce? Develop. I mean, they're all every all of the big sites are doing it now. I don't know anyone that really does it probably the best, you know, because they're all doing it in their own way. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose perhaps I'm not shopping enough <laughs> myself, <laughs> you know. I spend too much Absolutely. time producing the sites rather than shopping on them. <laughs> All right. Well, let's switch to more of a tactical uh, level then. What tactics have you employed to ensure that website content is optimized on an e-commerce website? Right. Okay. So one of the biggest issues you tend to get with um, content on e-commerce websites is that people buy, they get their stock product, they buy it from the manufacturer. Here it comes. Here's their images from the manufacturer. So everybody's got the same image. And here's the copy from the manufacturer, and everybody's got the same copy. So that becomes a bit of an issue because Google and search engines will just see millions of duplicate products everywhere. You do need to have your identifiers, so like your, your barcodes, uh, the GTIN and N numbers that need to be within products, which actually help identify the same product around the web. But when there's content on there, like copy content, Ideally, you want to try and change that. You don't want to just keep using the unique, the copy from the manufacturer all the time. You want to try and give it your own little twist to it and give it that bit of uniqueness for it to it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Several years back, I worked in a situation where we did e-commerce for large pieces of medical equipment. And these were manufactured by a number of large names like GE and Philips. And there were hordes of distributors out there who were also advertising the same equipment, including the manufacturer. And what we found was a differentiator in ranking for pages, as well as getting greater click-through, was simply to have more product information, so a broader set of information around that. So a typical person might give you maybe three pieces of information about that product. We try to give six. One of the things that we try to do is actually make videos of the product so you could see it from different angles, talk about it. A lot of the distributors out there weren't making those videos. So yeah, sometimes having a breadth of content as well as that unique content you're talking about is helpful. So how do you measure that? If you're like, all right, I want to do these things, how can you measure? What are the metrics you look at to say this is making a good impact? Well, obviously, um, analyzing analytics on your website is always very important. And there are various ways of checking your analytics. It's, they obviously, you've got Google Analytics is one. It's going to tell you the traffic to your site, where it's coming from, etc. You can maybe use something like um, Hotjar, which will allow you to actually see where people are viewing on the website, where they're scrolling to. They can, you can actually see their cursor. So you can see the time when they're actually spending a little time over a button, maybe looking at areas and then scrolling through. 
it give you an idea of sections on your page, whether people are just flying past it and ignoring it. And if they're spending a little bit of time just to read it and then move on and see their progression through the site, that's always very important. Mm-hmm. And do you have a certain metric like uh, time on site or bounce rate or clicks that you find are more helpful outside of you know actually a sale in determining how well that content's performing? That if people are clicking and going through the site and spending time, that's always good. Their people are finding it easy to navigate through the site. But quite often, if you get it right and get your analytics right, people will come straight to the page. They know what they're buying. I want to buy this product. They come to your page and they're literally clicking and buy it. So they may spend maybe less time on a page and maybe not jump around so much. But if you've got, if you're just showing the same product as everybody else, with no additional information, then there's nothing there for the person's just going to come off a Google search, jump on your website. Oh, there it is. It's the same as everyone else. I'll go back to someone else. By having a little bit more information on there, a little bit people to keep that keep person's interest. Or you know, I guess it, the content is offering more information to the buyer to helping them make that choice. Really, so that unique information, having the right information that they're searching for. Is there, are there tactics you've used to kind of figure out how to tweak an existing picture or an existing set of manufacturer details to make it better? Or is it different with every product? Well, yeah, I mean, I did actually tweak a product that I did for a company and um, probably shouldn't say too much about it, but because it was a little company called Apple. Oh, nice. That's a little one. They supplied their copy and they said, this is our copy. You must use our copy. And it's the same product, same copy on everybody's site. And I literally added a couple of words into their blog copy ad to put a couple of key phrases in there. And that immediately I could see the change of the traffic for that one particular product lifted. And we were vetted quite strict by Apple and uh, they didn't say anything about it. So I was lucky. good job so was that traffic that was seo traffic so these were seo gains yeah they were seo gains purely by putting a by incorporating some of the key phrases in in your copy excellent tip excellent tip so all right speaking of seo and e-commerce do you have some tips around that i know uh, a lot of people worry when they make changes to their site is this going to mess up my seo so any Tips around that? Right. Okay. Tips around is, first of all, ensure that you've got a good SEO-friendly engine or managing system. So there's lots of plugins that can actually help put all your bring all your data together. If you're going to change pages, and this is something I see at Sealot, so people sell out of a product, they delete it. But if it's something that's been there a while, then they may have lots of links to it from various other sites. All of a sudden, it's not there. So you get a 404 page. So that can be a bit of a problem. So what you can do is you can actually hide that product from being searched for on your website, but it's still available should the search engines find it. So people can still come there. You can actually have this product. People can come and land on the page, find the product, and they say, well, it's out of stock or it's no longer available. But clearly say, these products, you know, have some alternatives straight away. This is no longer available. 
this is the latest product. This is what it's been replaced with. So that kind of thing. I mean, but definitely breaking links is not a good thing to do. Deleting products completely, I don't think, is always good to do. But there's kind of like a catch-22 issue there as well, because if you've got thousands and thousands of products and they're just constantly just increasing, increasing the number, then there are a time then you've got to say there is a culling time. But I don't particularly like deleting the product straight off. I would hide it, take it out of the search, and actually give it some cross-selling information on it. Great tip. If you could go back, this is something I ask all of my guests, if you could go back in time to meet yourself when you were that 14-year-old learning computer programming, what advice would you give yourself to be more successful in your career? Probably, I mean, in your career, there's so many things that happen throughout your life that changes your direction. So sometimes, you don't know sometimes the good or the bad, but quite often, you know, you have to make decisions financially based on. You know, we've got a life to live, you know, if, I, if I'm not earning a living on this, I can't continue doing that. So you end up moving on. And that's different. That's something that happened to me. And I kind of like, I wish I'd maybe had been able to stick out a little bit, a little bit longer and definitely keep in contact with some of those people that within those groups. I did, but it was probably many few years too late. So you do meet a lot of people, a lot of interesting people through your life. So you should never lose those contacts. You want to try and kind of nurture them, even if you can just remind them every now and then, which is easy, I guess, with social media these days. But It is easier, yeah. yeah. 30 plus years ago, it's not so easy. Yeah, truthful. So what about, has there been any books or podcasts or things that you really found give you help in your career that have been source of creative ideas or things? I mean, searching around for always looking at different ways on how people are programming, how people are doing that. You're constantly going over the web because the web is our big book and there is a lot of information out there. And we can go through and check out lots of videos of people, how they do things. But I've actually, one of the things that the big influencer for me was actually an actually programmer who I actually kind of met. He was actually, he did some tutorials I had to program things, but he was so enthusiastic. God, is that, I'm trying to think his name now. His name is Mark, and he's from a company called DevSlopes. DevSlopes. He was so enthusiastic about and excited about programming, because obviously programming can be a bit boring, I guess, sometimes. But he made it so exciting that you wanted to carry on. You want to keep watching it. I mean, I, I ended up having these videos running whilst I'm doing it. And I just kept going back and over and over it to you know, learn how you do things. And it's so learning from each other is always important. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. You should never actually, you know, there's always somebody who's got another view for something. So you should always look and take that in line and try and learn from it. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Always should be learning. As soon as you stop learning, you kind of, start rotting <laughs> as far as your skill set and your abilities. So yeah, great advice. Well, tell us a little bit about Wico Design. What are the typical clients you work with? Where do you feel is your strength as an agency? So yeah, I mean, my clients vary, uh, as I mentioned before, that from in difference in sizes, from literally micro businesses, small e-commerce stores, shops, up to uh, large corporates i.e. the Vodafones, uh, collecting things like Apple and stuff. Yeah, there's a whole mixture of sizes, but 
they tend to all be down the e-commerce route now these days. I get what you know. I guess some of the what's great about Wicco. I mean, what's great about me? I always wonder that myself sometimes. But but you've. I guess one of the unique things that I have is that I have that basic knowledge of programming. I'm not a full set uh, programmer. I will actually work with programming, but I understand how programming works. But I also, I'm from a graphic background. From I spent seven years at art college, so I didn't even touch a computer through art college. You know, so I have the knowledge and the skills of design, but also this kind of like geeky kind of mind of the programmer. So I can actually bring those designs and the programming together, and that's something I, I think you either see great designers or great programmers and you don't tend to have a mixture yes and i think that's definitely something that i feel that i have no it's definitely a unicorn we don't find those very often where you have both the technical and the content side together so do you have a particular project that stands out to you that you've worked on that you feel proud of where you maybe uh, accomplished something uh, noteworthy yeah well I, I guess that it was when I, I used to work with talk mobile and then had connections up with Vodafone. But I hadn't been working with them for probably nearly three or four years, but we kept in contact. And I asked one day, do I know much about e-commerce? Well, yeah, I know a little bit. Could I build an e-commerce website? I was, yeah, I'll get, you know, I'm going to go there. It was a concept. They wanted to actually prove an area where they could, an area in the market they weren't currently looking at. It was probably a little bit small fry. They believe that there was a possibility to actually generate a little bit more uh, money from it. So they came to me and said, could I build and develop this website? So, yeah, I built a website and literally from ground up to production was, I would say, 90 plus percent was all me. I did, did everything on it, including put all the products in, styling. And then we went through what's called pen testing. That's a security penetration testing. And literally, we, like some of the new cars, they get somebody to see if they can break into it. Well, you get that on a website, and then you have teams of people to try and see if they can break into your website. And they come back with all the data saying, you know, that hit, we found some vulnerabilities. Well, I guess that was, for me, that was quite good because it, it was a, a very new for me, but I understood a lot of these things were coming from and literally whilst we're on the call with them I would say oh how's it now then and they would go what do you mean and I'd say oh, how's it out and they check it and go oh you fixed it I said how did you do that and I said well I just I realised where the loophole was and I'll get you know you patch it up basically I was able to build that website so within three months from initial design through to actually going live that's quick that was quite a tight and I suppose there was 500 plus products on this website and they were varying from apple samsung all the big brands are all on there you know google we connect app, launch the website and i carried on maintaining the website and within six months it had made over half a million pounds in uh, revenue so that i guess is something that's a, a, a story for me wow that's quite the story david so when uh, e-commerce brands come to you, what are the typical problems that they come to you to solve? I mean, in this case, it was like, hey, we want to test to see if this market works. What are some other typical problems that they come to Wicco Design to solve? You can get your very basic shopping carts. And if we have a product, 
puts it in the cart, get a payment, and it's simple. But when you start delving into more detail, you've got varying in payment providers, and some of those now have the ability to buy later. But then you also have your integrations into your uh, fulfillment house. So, you know, I guess going back to the site I did for Vodafone, they weren't a little store. They're not cottage industry where they've got somebody off. They hand it to someone downstairs and they pack it up. No, they've got a massive warehouse that's probably in another part of the country. They may even have several warehouses throughout the country where they can actually distribute from. So you've actually got to take the website had to be integrated, send the information out to the relevant distribution house, which will be packed out and shipped out. That data would then have to come back to the site, inform the customer, your item's been shipped, it's your tracking details, and handling all of that information. So that's a kind of a little bit further. And then obviously I mentioned about the, the integration of the selling platforms. Again, having it all within the one e-commerce site and being able to populate out. And again, that can be such a learning curve as well, because all of these different platforms are looking for different details from your website. I mean, eBay calling item specifics. By building up those item specifics on your product, because you may think, oh, you know, it's a, a handset, it's got a clear screen and it's great. But hang on a minute, you know, it's made of this plastic. It puts so much extra information in there. And that information builds up, I guess, the what is the strength of the product really i mean all of those all of those items are actually searchable within google themselves google are actually see that you've got a site that's actually they're much more richer in content so and the products richer in content rather than just saying gray handset you know 10.99 it's a little bit more information in there so that kind of thing i've seen other sites come to me where they not only selling products, but they're actually, they're selling training courses as well. Training courses, or they've got events that they have with it. So they can sell the event alongside their products all on the same site. That, those kind of things. I mean, you get customers that they've got, they're selling to business. So they may actually not want to show all their prices, or they will have a the RRP price. So, you know, which is the same as going anywhere or, or could even be dearer than going quite a few places. And I've seen that a few times. But as soon as you can log in, you get a, a different range of prices, different range of products that are logged in. So it's a more members kind of style website. All of these things, uh, customers are coming to me and asking me for that. I mean, I'm working on sites now. I can think of the British Bee Society I've made up. So I said, this is a charity website, but they they supply products for beekeepers. But yeah, it had to be a member of the Bee Society. So you can go in, you can see all the products available. But unless you're a member and logged in, you don't, you can't actually see the prices. You don't get, you can't actually purchase them. But their prices are actually very good. They, they get a, a lot of subsidy. But you know, they also have certain products that they want to sell to the public as well. Like they do an adopt a hive option as well, which is pretty cool. You get the things like that. I've got uh, websites. I mentioned the, the one with a standard product. So it's a store, physical store, selling online, and they do the training courses and events. And all the stock needs to be managed. So that's something as well that customers come to me. How can we do that? Can I put these all these things together? So, yeah, I mean, 
incorporate stock management with on the website with the stock of the actual physical site plus all of their events and publicizing it as well so people publish an event popping it up onto social being able to send out regular newsletters and things like that Excellent. That's the stuff that really is, it's amazing with e-commerce. There's so many other pieces that integrate with it that go beyond a standard site. So it's interesting to hear those problems that you're solving. So how can people get a hold of you if they want to contact you? Yeah, just uh, take, search Wicco. Wicco. You'll probably find, if you did a search on site on Wicco, you'll find me. Uh, Wicco Design is my web, my business and my website. So wicodesign.com, find me on there. Just contact, contact me. I'm happy to do a one-to-one little chat with people to see where we're going and then go from there. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time, David, and for your insights. Appreciate you sharing those. Okay, welcome. Great to speak to you. Cutting Edge Web Content Development is brought to you by Butter CMS. To find out how you can build better with Butter, stop wasting dev time, and free your marketers from your legacy CMS, visit buttercms.com. Also, make sure to search for Cutting Edge Web Content Development in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Butter CMS, thank you for listening.